1: Welcome to Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, his part time bagpipe enthusiast, Dave Cribb.
2: Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, Relevant, very relevant to today's episode. I know. I would say that is entirely accurate in that I'm part time in the sense of I'm a bagpipe enthusiast when watching this episode of Friends. And that is the only time. Ever
1: uh, ever played the bagpipes?
2: I have tried, yeah. It's incredibly hard, yeah. Mm. There used to be a guy, a teacher at my school who was, uh, he was called Mr. Bailey and he was about 500 years old. He'd been a teacher there for literally like 60 years or something. He didn't even really teach anymore, but I think he just hung out there and used to play the bagpipes on the field. It was really weird <laughs> thinking about it, but <laughs> just sort of in the middle of a day, he'd start playing the bagpipes. Better to do
1: that in the middle of the day than in the middle of the night.
2: Yeah. But I, I mean, on reflection, as I'm just telling this story, I'm like, I think I think he was literally about 95, like just come to the school and and played the bagpipes for. Very weird, isn't it? Thinking about it. Anyway, there you go. How are you? Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Good
1: for him. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Not much to report. As is the way. How are you? Got Any bagpipe stories? Uh, well, my sister did actually have bagpipes. Surprise bagpipes at her wedding.
2: Surprise, as in she didn't know about them. But did somebody?
1: Yeah, but oh, right. <laughs> we weren't wedding crashed by uh, <laughs> by by, by, the, by Mr. Bailey from my school. So basically my mum organised for someone to be playing the bagpipes when the wedding car arrived at the reception venue. And I was quite I was quite nervous about this because I was like, what if what if she doesn't want bagpipes? <laughs> The wedding, and then she gets out, and there's just an old man there in a kill um, <laughs> Playing which celebration. Which is Mike. what happened. With the gang. <laughs> yeah, sadly, sadly, that wasn't on his uh, wasn't on his set list. It, fortunately the bagpipes went down well, although there was a brief look on my sister's face. Uh, when she got out the wedding car of why the fuck is a man playing the bagpipes but <laughs> she, she seemed to get over it quite quickly fortunately what
2: was the sort of thought theory behind the bagpipes like why did you I don't know it we're was... not
1: even Scottish I don't know where it came from
2: <laughs> you, so, so you've sort of lived out the real life version of what could have happened yes. in this friends episode well the real life version would have been I was the one playing the bagpipes that's true actually yeah that is true but uh, so you've done a better version where you hire a professional bagpipe player I he
1: guess. was at least a professional Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, that brings us on to today's episode, doesn't it, really? Should we. uh, Does it
1: involve bagpipes?
2: (laughs) Nope. No no sign of bagpipes in the whole thing.
1: (laughs) I also um, Googled bagpiping while watching this episode, and the Urban Dictionary definition of bagpiping came up, which uh, it will not shock you to hear is dreadful. Oh, no. Have you seen it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, why would anyone do that? I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird! Hard to know how anyone gets any gratification from that, isn't it? <laughs> Season 7, episode 15. The one with the bagpipe.
2: The one with the bagpiping, <laughs> <laughs> as of Urban Dictionary. No, it's uh, it's been suggested by Samantha on, on Facebook, Pete. Hello. Facebook? A Facebook request. Well, Dave, it must have been you who got this one, because I'm off the grid. <laughs> You're so off the grid, mate, I know. A few people have started to send not only requests... But also, lightning round questions for us. Nice, uh, which is tricky because you sort of accidentally read the answers, or you, you know, someone, some people have sort of left a big gap and said, "Scroll down for the answers." But actually, here's the trick: go to the friends with friends Facebook, send them, and then I can do the quiz to Pete because he doesn't have Facebook.
1: That's a good idea. And that's the dream, isn't it? Wait, is that what's happening today? No, no, there's no I quiz today. Say, Don't worry about
2: Next week, Pete, there will be a quiz. And it briefly made me stressed, though. I won't lie to you, mate. A double quiz.
1: Double quiz? Because How does that
2: work? two people have requested the same episode and both oh. sent a quiz. So oh. most of next week's episode will just be a quiz, I reckon. Double quiz. Double quiz. So I'm excited by that. Anyway, from Samantha on Facebook. Hi, Pete and Dave. Hope it's okay to contact you on here. I. I don't have Twitter or Instagram. It's absolutely That's a joy. Fine. That's all right. As previously discussed. Uh, I've listened to every single episode of the podcast in lockdown. I'm so glad you analyse the show to the same extent I do. I.e. to the point of madness. Yes, absolute madness. <laughs> Uh, So I'm getting in touch I've got an episode suggestion Which is the one With Joey's new brain Uh, Because I think All the plots Have their own strong points And it creates A really strong episode Overall We get a great guest appearance From Susan Sarandon Phoebe and Rachel Are in a plot together So you know it's going to be good And (laughs) she points out In the first real prominence Of a mobile phone On the show Which is a really good point And one we will talk about In a bit Uh, Plus Ross plays The bagpipes uh, And she ends (laughs) by saying I'm surprised you haven't Done this episode yet And this week is Another Belter actually i'm gonna say it up front I'm going to hold my hold my hands up i i i lolled all the way through it
1: yeah it's also it, it does have one of the best scenes in all of friends
2: i'd it? say maybe the best scene and i think we yeah, should save possibly. that plot line to the end for that yeah. reason and, and finish on it um and you know it, it's just like i've since the start of friends i've wanted to watch joey kiss susan sarandon and it's the best scene in all of friends <laughs> <laughs> uh so shall we start so we're, we're gonna save the bagpipes to the end yeah Yes, sure. Uh, and we will therefore start with either Joey's New Brain or Rachel, Phoebe and the Cell Phone. Your call.
1: Uh, let's start with Joey's New Brain because even though it is the title bit of the episode, I'd say that it's possibly the weakest of the plots.
2: Yeah, it, uh, even though it's quite, it, there's still loads and loads of good stuff
1: in it. Like yeah, yeah. This is a real strong episode. The scenes where Joey is in Days of Our Lives and they're sort of poking fun at yeah. how naff Days of Our Lives is. Uh, It's good.
2: Talking of Days of Our Lives, this is the first time in Friends that they refer to Days of Our Lives as (laughs) Duel.
1: Well, funnily enough, Dave, you put Duel in our... our quiz bits when yes. we did our friends with friends quiz on on instagram live the other night and it took me a few seconds to realize what you meant by duel <laughs> yeah. and then sure enough days later that is also the thing that all of joey's friends are thinking what does duel mean when yeah. he
2: says it it's good and that's how i refer to the days of our lives now in sort of everyday conversation which isn't very often to be fair There's a couple of bits about this episode which makes me bring back up something we talked about a few weeks ago, which is how the hell is Days of Our Lives as a production run?
1: Yes, some very questionable (laughs) staff management again. (laughs) Yeah, like talent management
2: poor, but just general organisation poor, because this whole episode starts with Joey coming and going, oh, the guy from Duel's been on the line, my character's coming back out of a coma. Sort of implying that for the last like six years, he's just been waiting around in his apartment every day for them to to call do you know what i mean it's like it's almost like he's still contractually bound to the show
1: there's also a reference to him being the body In the coma Of his character in a, in a coma So if he's been doing What has he been doing that for He's been going into work For months Years Lying yeah. <laughs> Lying on a bed And doing nothing And that's That's been his job Yeah it's very strange Isn't it? it It does feel odd That
2: Because the whole thing Culminates with this plot And we're jumping ahead a bit here But the whole thing culminates When he gets sent the script And he's like Oh they never send me the script Because I don't mm. have any lines But that sort of implies That he has still been Going in every day Because he's been on the set He's been the coma guy, and they just haven't been sending him a script. So they've sort of just had him on the call sheet every day. Come in, pop a sheet over your head, or, you know... And just lie down. He says, we did a scene together yesterday, I was in a coma, and she says, oh, that was a real guy in there, was it? <laughs> What's she implying there? They've mummified <laughs> yeah. the character. That is a bit odd, isn't it? I hadn't thought about that until right to this second. So yeah, so Susan Sarandon. So this, I mean, this episode is is basically built around Susan and this part of the plot, isn't it? And um, I, I mean, so the interesting thing about the Wikipedia synopsis, which again, I haven't read because Samantha basically did it much better. Um, But there is a note on this uh, Wikipedia synopsis, which I've never seen before, uh, which says, uh, Matt LeBlanc was nervous about performing with Susan Sarandon. Similarly, Kevin Bright was cautious about directing, as Tim Robbins, who was Susan Sarandon's partner at the time, attended the studio recording. So a lot going on there. But uh, from sort of reading up on this a little bit turns out everyone was basically shitting their pants when Susan Sarandon came in
1: so basically they were all just very self-conscious because she was a big star and her famous husband was.
2: yeah yeah but they've had like Big old people on the show by now as well. Is, is it yeah, I, I watched that- the one with
1: Julie Roberts in the other day. I was right, thinking, God, it. Must have been like a massive, massive moment to have Julie Roberts around.
2: This is another incident, though, isn't it, of uh, the Friends universe not making sense because they have referenced Susan Sarandon in the past in Friends. Uh, one of the inclusions on Ross's list of uh, freebies, okay. and he says no because she's too political. Because I basically keep referring to her in my brain as either Susan Sarandon or Jessica Lockhart or Celia Monroe. And there's three different names and I can't ever remember which is which.
1: Her name, The name of her Days of Our Lives character is Jessica, isn't it? And then what's her name as an actor in Friends? Celia Monroe. Okay. Because that doesn't... I don't think that really gets said much, does it? Jessica no. seems to get said Ce- more. Ce-
2: Cecilia Monroe, I think. Celia Monroe, Cecilia Monroe. One and person. that's
1: made more confusing by... Monica and Rachel, because when they see her, they're like, "Oh my god, it's Jessica!" Yes, exactly, exactly, uh, and they do not act cool, do they? <laughs> then, no, I really love that scene as well, where they want they want her to slap. And Monica wants her to slap her, doesn't she?
2: Yeah. She really goes for it, doesn't she? But um, they really lose their cool, which is it's a really nice moment of because we don't get it too often where they're sort of properly fangirling over.
1: It's a really nice habit of Rachel's as well because she does it at the soap opera party and everything, yeah. doesn't she? She's a bit of a repeat offender for this.
2: If soaps are sort of the same viewed in the same way as they are here, it's quite a sort of um particular characteristic of Rachel isn't it to be to, to, to sort of uh, say that she's so obsessed with this kind of like
1: yeah do you think people really get do people really get that starstruck about soap actors here well
2: really I thought that and then I thought do you know what I think they probably actually do yeah, like if you right. saw Peggy, Peggy Mitchell in the street like I think a lot of the country would be excited yeah. more excited than they would be if they saw Jodie Comer or something do you know what I mean like I think there's there's a weird thing about soaps because there's so much in your life all the time if you watch them that they're sort of they just become part of your brain don't they those sub characters
1: when i was little i made a free didji Rashid poster and put it in the <laughs> village hall
2: i don't think this is even the first time you've referenced that on this podcast if I'm <laughs> honest, <laughs> no because i know that about you and I, uh, either through this podcast or just through us being friends in real life but um yeah you made a, that is i mean that was huge at the time
1: yeah, when she was wrongly imprisoned.
2: Yeah, in Coronation uh, Street, Anyone who doesn't... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> if you're living in Australia or, or or even Wales, to be honest.
1: I reckon Deirdre Rashid has transcended uh, popular culture niche levels. I think she's, she's a big deal. Okay, look, let's put it out
2: to... We know we have listeners in Canada, America and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, please <laughs> drop us a tweet at... what is it? Friends WF. Friends WF. On Twitter. Uh, or on the old Instagram, FWF Pod, uh, drop us a little message. Uh, just simply answering the question: Do you know who Deirdre <laughs> is? <laughs> so going back to the days of our lives, terrible talent management. Yeah, they basically they haven't told Jessica slash Cecilia slash. Uh, Susan that she's leaving the show but they have told Joey and presumably everybody else knows and she's the only person that doesn't know that she's being
1: fired and also doesn't know the plot of how her character's being written out she finds that out from Joey's script
2: yeah exactly um but we see her in loads of these scenes with her daughter fact fans real daughter really Susan Sarandon's real daughter
1: the the woman with the dark short hair yeah oh really there you go Guys that bring your family to work there.
2: <laughs> Joey's bad acting is some of my favorite bits of friends, but even when he's just watching uh, Susan Sarandon and her daughter play this scene out is great.
1: It's the uh the scene where Joey tries to do an impression of jessica basically and puts on the english accent when she doesn't even have an english accent it's
2: just very good uh yeah and the the, uh he's not mad at the room when he's walking into the room and all that sort of stuff is great i mean jessica lockhart is wonderfully insane isn't she like oh yeah like she meets joey for the first time and within seconds has thrown water in his face and slapped him and also the which rider was it was it bald or was it tall like there's loads (laughs) of excellent lines just showing that she is uh, um, like just like a, a, an impossible to work with diva type. And then this whole sequence is kind of weird because they b- appear to be doing the lessons on the set sort of during the working day.
1: Yeah, and then end up making out then, <laughs> on the set. Yeah, like, like they properly at it on the sofa.
2: Properly going at it on the sofa after the sort of stage kiss practice, and then they just go for it. And it's like, what? What else is happening there at the time? What is? What are the crew doing? What? This just just feels a bit unprofessional on almost every level, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, a couple of excellent lines in this bit as well. The uh, I've got a got a job in Guadalajara. The airport is. Just yeah, one of the, one of my favourite Friends lines, I think.
1: And also the landscape of Mexican cinema could have been very different. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of ties up slightly strangely, this
2: plotline, because they have this big emotional goodbye when she finds out she's got this part.
1: Yeah, it feels like quite a big thing for Joey that she's going.
2: We can only assume they've basically slept together a couple of times, or, well, we only see it once, really, don't we? But, you know, they haven't known each other that long, by all yeah. accounts. It's quite
1: intense.
2: Quite intense goodbye. But then, having accepted there was a quite an intense emotional goodbye, she sort of says, oh, you can come and visit. And it's like almost like they're making plans to continue this relationship, you know? Yeah. You can come and visit. You can own some rooms down there, blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> straight away, he's just like, Good luck. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no I, I, I won't be coming to visit. <laughs> I do not think so. Uh, and it, so it goes from this really intense emotional thing to, yeah, we'll never see you again, will we? I've noticed this recently. There's quite a lot of sex shaming in friends in terms of people that haven't had sex for a while. Yes. And again, we have another incident where, like, Joey says, I think it's ridiculous you haven't had sex for three and a half months to Ross. And it's like, <laughs> A, a slightly strange thing to say, and B, as we've said, you know, I mean, lockdown especially, as we've said, three and a half months. Really not
1: that long. <laughs> really not that long sometimes, is it? So, But Ross's reply, he says, um, it's winter, there are fewer people on the street. which Fucking if, weird, isn't it? If Ross is meeting women he sleeps with on the street, that sounds a lot like he's paying prostitutes. <laughs>
2: Or just sort of prowling the street. Like it, it, it's not a good look in either way, is it? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, he sort of implies that that's the only way he can have sex is yeah. to sort of just patrol the streets looking for women. And it's yeah, that that really rang kind of weirdly in my brain as well
1: there's some remarkable product placement in that scene as well at the start with the fiji water all over the table <laughs> yeah
2: it's it's not like the some friends seems to do this where it doesn't have very much product placement for ages and then they just go fucking <laughs> mad for it like obviously the pottery barn episode is the worst of the culprits but um yeah this one was just like someone had just sent them a crate and they were like well how much to just put it in the episode for yeah five, 15 seconds uh, should we move on to Rachel, Phoebe, and the cell slash mobile phone? Yes, let's do that. Uh, which, as has been very uh, astutely pointed out by Samantha, is like a proper plot that revolves around the fact that cell phones are really prominent. Which, considering a couple of weeks ago we did the lottery episode, where which was two years later, almost implied that cell phones didn't exist because hmm. for, for the plot device, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that that happens a lot in friends but they really lean into it on this one again almost like a cell phone company has been like would you like to showcase our new flip phone yeah
1: and and when you you do watch it and there are a lot of naff phones on show and naff ringtones and things like that and it 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 has aged well it is very of its time but i was thinking that whole plot would actually still work Like, there's nothing about that plot of someone losing their phone and then you ringing uh, a number in the phone. Like, that all is still relevant today.
2: Yes, it's not like those friends plots that revolve entirely around beeping into someone's answer. Yeah, like a pager. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of the old tech. Uh, Yeah, you are quite right. And this would still work today. So um, uh, it starts weirdly, though, doesn't it, this one?
1: yes with their game of uh, straight or gay
2: yeah so the game of straight or gay itself is a bit questionable uh but then the conclusion to the game of straight or gay where a woman walks in and they say one of them says oh knockers will help us figure it out
1: yes um which in the end is what happens they decide that he's straight because he stares at a woman's boobs uh, yes, and, well,
2: interesting, he stares, I think, at her, her, her rear end. Rear end? That's a weird way to say. Rear end. <laughs> her rear end. All right, granddad. <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the, the least offensive way of saying it, and I don't think I did.
1: Uh, but he stares at her well, back. Mate, to be fair, knockers is, is up there with that well, kind of... Well, that's what knockers I Knockers mean. and rear end are in the same category, I think.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess we just file that away in... Uh, Let's leave it in the past. But yeah. imagine, imagine, I was just thinking, imagine being that actor and auditioning for the part. Uh, hello, I'm uh, uh, Jennifer Smith and I'll be reading for the part <laughs> of Knockers. <laughs> and the, the, the casting process of that must have basically been the casting people going, she needs to have massive boobs. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's the That is the one prerequisite
1: of this character, which feels very... Ugh. I often think that about people who have to play sort of roles, like characters who are considered in it to be unattractive or considered in it to be like a particular body type. Like that casting must... Like, how does that work? That must be quite awkward.
2: Well, yeah, I always think that. Like an agent ringing up an actor going, oh, there's a great part for you. It's called
1: fat, ugly... Well, like ugly naked guy. Well, yes, exactly. To be the body of ugly naked guy, you've got to be, well, considered ugly when you're naked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, have you you been reading the the casting notes? Very much a requirement of playing Ugly Naked Guy.
2: Exactly. Um, So yes, so so Knockers does help them figure it out. He is straight and then uh, he leaves what they think is his phone but turns out to be his boss's phone. Side note, terrible assistant. Yes, yeah, fair point. A, to just like, pretty much all you've got to do is not lose your boss's stuff. Uh, But also... This doesn't really ring true in friends understanding how cell phones work, because why would his assistant have his mobile phone when he's not with him? Yeah. It's a bit yeah, weird, isn't it? It doesn't make too much
1: sense. I, I, but the most, the most bizarre thing about this is, why would you go out for dinner with the person who found your phone?
2: So Rachel and Phoebe build this up in, in internally, don't they? Sort of between themselves, like, oh, maybe when he comes around, well, one of us will marry him, basically, still thinking it's the young guy. But then they present it to him on that phone call. Phoebe says, just like, he rings up and is like, oh, can I come at 8.30 and collect it? And she's like, yeah, maybe we can grab a bite to eat. Like, that's a normal social thing that you would do. It's
1: absolutely not, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. He doesn't even know what she looks like. So it's not even that he finds her attractive and therefore wants to go. He has no idea who she is and yet seemingly agrees to go for dinner with her. All he knows is that she's got his phone.
2: Yes, unless he thinks that she's sort of um, saying, well, in return for me finding your phone, you will buy me dinner. You know, unless she thinks it's a sort of payment procedure. Mm.
1: But um, either way, it's fucking weird. It is really weird. It's Uh, also weird to accept any sort of, like, all right, they might say thank you, but you wouldn't really be owed anything for doing it. Like, that's just a nice thing to do. You're not yes. owed a, a grand gesture like dinner, are you?
2: No, exactly. Yes,
1: yeah, it is. The whole the
2: whole thing is kind of weird. And then it turns out to be uh, his boss, who's an older guy. And Rachel thinks that's hilarious. But it turns out Phoebe really fancies him and, and ends up going for dinner with him. The old guy has a lot of confidence, doesn't he? To sort of walk into an apartment with two very attractive, like, 30-year-olds and be like, so, which one are you am I taking out? (laughs) Like, that is, even though they've said it on the phone, surely in his head. I mean, he knows that they think he's the assistant because they say, where's, basically, they might as well say, where's the attractive man we wanted?
1: But also, the the Phoebe reveal that she finds the old man hotter is so great, the way that you think that she's thinking, oh god, he's old, I don't want to go out with him, yeah. when actually she's like, yes, he's even more attractive. Yes, this is even more, more exciting. exciting. Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting detail they give out in this episode is Phoebe's address. Yes, I did think that. I, th- I, th- I When she said that, I, th- I thought, I'm surprised that's not come up in one of our quizzes. Yeah,
2: very interesting, isn't it? Um, and interesting that they decide to give it out as well, which they'd, mm. re- they'd never do with building number
1: apart. and apartment number
2: yeah exactly five Morton Street which uh if if you happened Pete to go on Google Maps and just do a bit of research so if, if you had happened uh, yeah it's a four minute walk from uh, Monica and Rachel's apartment
1: Oh, that's actually quite accurate
2: uh, well based on the build the exterior of the building um so yeah so they've, they've obviously chosen a specific location and they're not just sort of made up a random address but yeah it's very just seemed very odd that they would say it out loud mm. um maybe that will become a Tourist hotspot now? Potentially.
1: You've you've just made it a hotspot.
2: I made it a tourist hotspot. Let's all meet at five Morton Street. That (laughs) rhymes. Sounds like a song. Um not gonna write that song. couple of uh, nice lines in this but I really enjoy the Phoebe, uh, when they're trying to decide who gets to keep the phone, <laughs> they sort of see that he's called his mum and Phoebe goes, oh, I lost my mum to suicide. Yeah, And Rachel's, Rachel sort of retorts with, you can't have that and the muffin. And she goes, oh, did I use that already today? And that is the way she delivers that is so great. Uh, the way she's just been sort of exploiting this thing that she knows she can get free stuff or get her get way away with. with it. Um, And similarly, the way Phoebe delivers the line, that is damning evidence when the the bag rings and Rachel answers the two phones. It's a great Phoebe um, episode. Phoebe and Rachel together actually are very good, aren't they?
1: They are a great duo, as Samantha mentioned in her first message. Yes, no. Big
2: fans of Phoebe and Rachel together.
0: upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds videos at 480p, active mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan auto renews after 6 months, offer ends May 31st 2024, separate Paramount Plus registration required terms and conditions apply, if rated PG
2: not a whole lot to say about this uh, plot in actually really but it's just so good the whole thing, Um, Ross and the bagpipes isn't it, I just like, I love it in every possible way
1: A great example of Ross, like, losing his sense of self-awareness. Yeah. It's great, like, physically very funny. Like, it's great physical comedy watching him play the bagpipes. And also just the shot of him learning to play them through the window (laughs) of his apartment. is just really funny. Like, he's just there on his own at home playing them. I, I don't know. The whole thing's just... Inherently very funny. The fact that they can hear him from across the road—it's just very, very good. It's very simple, but it's very good. Yeah.
2: So he sort of sets it up in the cold open, but it doesn't really uh, give it away at that stage. He's sort of like, oh, I'm, you know, I've got a thing for for uh, your wedding, a surprise. And then there's basically after that three scenes and every single one of those scenes is just like laugh out loud, funny all the way through. So the first one is where they overhear him and you get all that sort of, why is your family Scottish? Why is your family Ross? Like great bit. The, se- <laughs> the second one, which is the shortbread skit, is just like (laughs) uh, the the way those two are playing that out like would you like some shortbread oh no I don't like anything from my Scottish heritage (laughs) I mean it's so wonderful and again like you say Ross is still so unaware that he hasn't clicked that this is a a deliberate skit and they think they're genuinely talking about Chandler's Scottish heritage for the first time ever
1: see this is a bit of a generalization but I would say that, that that generally people don't like surprises at their wedding. Like that's the reason why you plan things so heavily and it takes such a long time is because you want things to be perfect. So the idea of Ross coming along and surprising them with bagpipes, much like the fear I had about my sister's reaction to the (laughs) bagpipes, I was sort of thinking she's not planned a bagpipe player so therefore she probably doesn't want one but ross doesn't have that self-awareness therefore he thinks it's going to be an amazing idea yeah and he's
2: so confident that it's going to be a good idea isn't he it's not that he sort of thinks oh maybe they're like that he's
1: like this is what i'm going to do for the wedding and it's also a hell of a commitment to learn an instrument specifically to perform at a wedding
2: (laughs) yeah and he seemingly doesn't have the self-awareness to know that at uh, the point where he's like, so he basically concludes this. He's like, let me play the bagpipes for you. And if you don't like them, you can say no. And at this point, he must be thinking in his head, I am so shit hot of the bagpipes already <laughs> that they can't possibly turn me down. Yeah. And he's like appallingly bad at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back after that shortbread skit, Ross sort of says, sounds like you're ready to embrace your uh, yeah, your Scottish roots. And Monica just jumps straight in with, you can't play the bagpipes at our wedding um and this is why not and they say because we hate them <laughs> and just like every line in this sequence is so good um and then yeah so this is the scene where ross says look let me play them for you and then you can decide once and for all which leads us on to the final scene of the whole episode like after the credits actually it's not even part of the episode really yeah i just think this is maybe the perfect friend scene
1: It is, and it's just made all the better by the slight... Well, the fact that Jennifer Aniston is is basically making very little attempt to hide the fact that she is genuinely... And I mean, I think a lot of people would have seen the uh, outtake of this one as well because it's one of the most popular Friends outtakes, isn't it? Is that losing it, particularly uh, Lisa Kudrow losing it when she's trying to do that. The absurd singing along (laughs) to the bagpipes, which is what... The, I, I can't quite put my finger on why this scene is so great, but it's it's something to do with the fact that the bagpipes are so loud and Ross looks so <laughs> absurd playing them. And then the way that Phoebe has decided to sing along by just screaming the, the, the word ee, if that even is a word, that noise she makes. Like the whole thing is just so absurd and perfect.
2: Yeah, it's so good. It's such a good physical scene, isn't it? Like the whole thing builds from like even right at the start, there's a moment where Ross first plays the bagpipes, and Jennifer Aniston physically recoils, Yes. Uh, and that's so well done, like the physical comedy of that is incredible, and, and then like it just like it's only about forty seconds long or a minute long, and Ross counts himself in, which yeah. is great, one, two, three, four into completely different tempo, and then just the way that camera pans across the faces, and yeah. I know they've done a lot of takes this because we've all seen the outtakes, but the fact that Courtney Cox and Matthew Perry could ever keep a straight face, like a yeah. proper. proper annoyed straight face in this is genuinely impressive and then like you say yeah phoebe when ross says sing along you know the words and phoebe takes that to mean sort of imitate the bagpipes (laughs) rather than sing the song you know and then yeah like you say jennifer aniston breaking like she's completely broken in this hasn't she she's just laughing that is Jennifer Aniston laughing not Rachel laughing yeah but
1: she's making such a vague attempt to hide it like she just puts her hand up over a yeah. small bit of her face and but it's it's,
2: it's one of the best bits of the whole scene because yeah. that is that should be how they're all reacting like it's interesting that Monica and Chandler are so serious about it because like if that was real life everybody would just be pissing themselves, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Um but yeah, uh, it's just honestly it's it's perfect. I think it's just a perfect scene. I could watch that over and over again and have done.
1: And that's that's pretty much it, isn't it?
2: Yes, what a way to end the best the best of all the scenes. Uh and yeah, fair play season 7 of friends for still pulling out the absolute loll bags. Mm. Lol. Yeah, I'll never say loll bags again, sorry. The lol bagpipes The lol bagpipes Um, Lovely time wasn't it Well done Thank you for that suggestion I'm going to be honest Pete This is the first time This series where We've been organised enough To know what we're going To talk about next week (gasps) Because as I referenced earlier Two people have requested The same episode So I'm determined That we should cover it Go on then reveal The one where Estelle
1: dies Chosen by Amy and Pip Amy and Pip. They sound like characters from a book you'd read in about year two at school. <laughs> all right, mate. They're our listeners. No, I mean like <laughs> Amy and Pip found a magic key. Yeah, okay.
2: Sure. Or well, we can write a story about Amy and Pip if you want next week. Yeah. They've both prepared a quiz. So we have 10 questions and I'm going to ask you all the questions because I've got them here. So you need to watch this one with oh. some detail, Okay.
1: Um, I would also like to mention that during the last quiz, we referenced a review that um, someone left us, uh, left the podcast, which was just uh, one word, wasn't it, Dave? Well, one word, but twice. Um, What was it, Dave? It was the word nope. Yep, just nope. Uh, That was what they made of review. Uh, Thank you to those of you (laughs) who've balanced out the nope. Uh, There's one there that just says yep, (laughs) which oh, is, really? <laughs> is nice. so thank you for leaving the podcast reviews if you could do so uh, it helps more people find the podcast and then more people playing the quiz as well which is nice isn't it we do you know this Pete we got up to number eight in the charts this week did we really number eight flipping
2: hey. I basically like to look at the weird things like you'll be sad to know we've fallen out of the Japanese uh, podcast oh. charts this week Um, so we need to do some good work on that um and yeah, it's just nice to see where in the world people are listening, isn't it? But there you go, number eight. Let's try and let's try and beat that, shall we? Yeah. Uh, tell your friends that like friends to download the podcast, particularly if they're in Japan. Exactly, crucially, only Japanese listeners. That's what we want. Mm. Um, until next week, Peter, where we shall discuss the one where Estelle dies. Goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Pete. <laughs>
1: I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page?
0: it's good to practice <laughs> a podcast where every week we talk about a different person so how old was he when he first popped on the scene
1: that's a great if question. you say he was my age I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die and we veer wildly off track pop that per sec <laughs> available on all your podcast apps <laughs> that's not right <laughs> uh, just can you not your... say er uh, in the advert <laughs> available on all your podcast platforms just search bitchin
0: or great big owl we'll see you there That was all right.